When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Undead Walking Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Sarah Beth Pollock. everyone. Welcome to a very special edition of the Undead Walking Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Beth Pollock, and I am joined today by a very special guest. And fans of The Walking Dead are going to know this name because she is someone who has kind of had a dream experience as a Walking Dead fan. I'm joined by none other than Jill Roby, who is probably best known for a certain cosplay that she did that ended up on Talking Dead at one point. Now, it's I'm so excited to have her here today. Jill, how are you? I'm pretty good. Thank you so much for having me. I have to say that I have I've known Jill longer than I've known Jill because Jill is someone if you've if you've ever been to WonderCon, Jill has been a fixture in the um the hospitality suite for a while and so I didn't know that I knew Jill. So Jill, I didn't, I didn't know. It's it's really funny when I think about it, when I think back to this, to the, to the, how many times I've seen you before I actually knew who you were. And then we worked together for a little while on Undead Walking and, and obviously you've had, you know, these amazing experiences as the most incredible Michonne cosplayer I've ever seen. So I feel like we've known each other for a long time, but, but not, you know, not really until only, you know, fairly recently, but oh my gosh, you have been you're like the dream Walking Dead fan. Ah, I never really thought about it that way. Thank you. Um, the Walking Dead has definitely, uh, let's say, infiltrated my life in various ways. Um, thanks to, I don't know, Rick and Michonne and like, cosplaying, which was sort of incidental, just because I didn't want to get thrown out of Paul H for a very particular question. Um, it's kind of how that started and uh yeah just you know very briefly obviously i met another cosplayer and much like michonne uh he, you know she lost her rick i lost mine except mine actually abandoned me as opposed to being taken away so but yeah it's been a crazy experience uh being part of this show being part of this fandom in this way so and i'm I'm uh, grateful to it. Well, I'm grateful for you taking the time to be here today and, and um, just to 
let the listeners know I've, I've been wanting to do these um, kind of now that the walking dead is, is on hiatus for a while. I've been wanting to do something a little different. And I thought Jill could join me today because I've had, I, I think like everybody in the fandom right now, I've had a little bit of uh, Rick and Michonne on the brain, shall we say. And uh, it's been made even stronger, I think, by uh, by seeing what's going on in World Beyond and and this picture they're painting of kind of the landscape that I think uh, you know that Rick has has been living in, assuming assuming that Rick is alive out there somewhere, and assuming that you know Michonne's on the right track to find him. Um, we're kind of getting a picture of this landscape, and so I've been thinking, you know, we need to we need to take a break. We need to to pause from kind of where we are in season 11, the final season, which is just mind boggling and kind of go back and, and, and just appreciate everything that is Michonne and Rick, because gosh, I miss them. I miss them. How it's been a while, Jill, like, how are you doing without, you know, seeing these characters on the regular in, in the, in the show? Um, I mean, leading up to it, it was, it was hard because I knew that, um, Andy was going to make his exit and what a lot of people don't know is um, I I started I invested so much into the show because of him and Rick Grimes like I didn't you know start reading the comics or anything like that I just started watching the show um, I was I was coerced kind of I want to say into watching the show by a friend of mine um, and I think they were already into the second season I ended up binging it um, I got to invest into his character and his journey and, and finding his family. Um, so when I heard the news that he was leaving, and that Carl was gone, Andy was leaving, uh, and then Denai was leaving, and like this, this structure just started to kind of crumble, you know? And it was, I mean, it was just a loss, loss after loss after loss that felt more more potent uh, in, in a lot of ways than than the other other characters that we lost over the years um i mean that i'm sure everyone everyone doesn't feel that way but that's just my personal feelings um as someone who is so invested in this character this couple and in the grimes family really and yeah i mean and then not only that but then they tease the movies uh, some years ago and and it's been like silence ever since so it's been it's been very hard in that way as a fan um just kind of waiting for the next moment and it hasn't come yet yeah no it's it's been it's been quite a wait and you know obviously the pandemic's in there but even before the pandemic happened fans have been kind of waiting for this moment because it does feel in so many ways, it feels um, it feels unfinished. And at least when you have the death of a character, um, you know, like Carl, for example, um, you know, when when you see a character pass on in the Walking Dead universe, it's hard, but there is that sense of closure because you know what happened, you know why they're not there anymore. And with with Rick and Michonne and, and certainly, you know, I, I think of Madison on Fear the Walking Dead. I think of um God Heath. <laughs> what happened to Heath? He's been he's been gone for a while. Um, yeah, but when characters leave, 
and you don't know where they are, if you don't know what their status is, are they safe, are they alive, are they dead? Um, you know, it just, it, it leaves you with that, un, you know, that sense of unfinished business. And it's hard to, it almost makes it harder than if they would have just died because at least you can mourn a death, but you can, you know, you, right now we're just kind of in limbo and it's, it's not an easy place to be. Yeah. And it's always, it's, it's, a, and it's a lot of, um, you know, I pop in on like, you know, fan conversations and whatnot. And a lot of people have kind of lost space, what lost space, lost faith in uh, Rick and Michonne reuniting and lost faith in the movies actually happening. And I don't, I don't blame them for feeling that way. Um, it's, there's, there's validity to that because it has been so long. Um, which I understand the pandemic, but even when they showed that first trailer at Comic-Con, I think that may have been the last Comic-Con that I went to before everything went downhill. Um, it was like an animated, I don't, uh, animated, um, it was weird. I'm sorry, I, I didn't know I was going to do that. What does that mean? Um, it just felt very what's the word that I'm looking for quick it was, just, it was quick but it just felt like a letdown like what is it yeah like, where's Andy's face you know where's where's his signature something where's you know Rick looking you know beat down or searching for his family like something and it's like he wasn't even there and it was just it was just so upsetting yeah, no, I know, I know what you mean because it was, you know, it, with all the excitement that that's built around these the the these movies, um, you know, it, it has been it's been hard because, you know, I, I think uh, I think one of the things that made it really challenging was that when that announcement came, that was when they announced that Universal was working in partnership with AMC, and they went from being televised movie events to potentially being in theaters, which changes the whole outcome and, and how the stories have to be told. I, I, a part of me does wonder if they had had the ability to, to stay, you know, stay within AMC. Because, um, you know, when you think about it, when you think about the timing of that, of that announcement, that was before things like Disney Plus. I mean, that was, you know, a, Netflix was was already around and Hulu was around, but it was, you know, it was right before you really saw this, this, um, this surge of streaming flat platforms. And so now we have AMC plus and they have their original content. So they could have just made their own movies and, and it, you wouldn't have to do the kind of um, development with a script that you would have to do when a movie is, you know, a TV property is being made into a feature film that's gonna be released in theaters because you have to kind of assume there's, there's a lot you have to do. You have to go back and kind of polish it up a little bit so that it's someone who's never seen The Walking Dead could go in and appreciate the movies as, as much as you or I could, as people who have watched every moment of the show. Um, you know, so I, I, I kind of wonder if that, that to me felt like it was a really big, um, that, that was a big moment that, you know, maybe if that hadn't happened, we would have had something sooner, but it's hard to say. Well, I will say, um, I know there's been a lot of talk about that as well. 
I'm actually one of the few people like I wanted to be in theaters. Um, and I'll I'll tell you why. I I, I like it's, after all this time for it to just be a regular TV movie, I would be so pissed off. I swear to God, like like how could you? I I feel like betrayed. Like all this anticipation just to sit at home and you know watch on AMC would really would just piss me off. But anyway, um, I think you know there's there's definitely a totally doable way to to like you. I don't think you need to see any seasons of The Walking Dead to to start a Rick Grimes movie and understand what's happening where it's coming from like i always and i always make this comparison to like a quiet place there is a really there can be a really interesting and beautiful way to tell rick's story in the now and explain what happened to him before without it being bloated without needing to do a rewatch of the show without needing to watch the show at all uh any any writer who's worth their salt can accomplish this and i know there's at least two writers on this script um it, i what i what i personally want because the whole attraction to this show from the beginning and people can say they don't like they don't like rick or whatever but the reality is is that it started with his story so you had to be invested at some point um it, it needs to touch on that, like I want to see what where has this man been the last several years? What's happened to him? And Andy is the, that kind of caliber of actor who can pull this off. And if they don't let him shine in that way, and they don't give the platform properly to a theatrical release, I feel like it would be such a disservice to him as an actor, and it would be a disservice to us as a fandom and to the franchise, especially you know waiting all this time. Um, I think the best thing would have been to do was to not have announced it at all. They should have just shut up, not said anything. And it would have been so much greater to know about it, you know, on the cusp of it coming out, as opposed to dragging it out for several years. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's... no, you're, you're exactly right. I mean, it, it cause it, it, I understand the need to hype it, but the same time I'm thinking about the the announcements that they made after they announced that this would be the final season of the show and it really has changed the way that I watch the show knowing that two characters are getting a spin-off after the show ends which means unless they do it in the past these two characters are basically going to be put through these situations but we're going to know they're always okay because they have a spin-off like it, it yeah. so it kind of it changes the way you know, it, it, it changes. I mean, honestly, I mean, you're, you're exactly right also because it changed the way I think people watched world beyond. I think, you know, that became a, you know, well, when's Rick, you know, every, every time you look at a, a post on social media, especially from people who aren't watching world beyond, you know, they'll, they'll usually lead with, well, when does Rick show up? You know, isn't this the Rick, you know, isn't this about Rick? Isn't this, and it's like, well, yeah, it, it kind of is but not directly, it's indirect because this is where he's been. So we're learning about, you know, we can learn about Rick without Rick being there kind of, but because of the way it was announced, because of, of 
these movies being announced so early, it changed the way people viewed World Beyond. And it, it's changing the way I think people look at all of the decisions you know, that are being made because ultimately there's this kind of lingering, I don't want to say promise, but kind of a promise that, you know, Rick is going to appear in these movies or, you know, maybe he'll have a cameo at the end of The Walking Dead or he'll be at the end of World Beyond or something. Mm -hmm. So it kind of leads, it's like a, a carrot that's just eternally dangling and we're not really sure, you know, when, when it's going to come to fruition. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's, it's miserable. It's miserable kind of going through those paces and, and unnecessary. It didn't, it, it just was terrible planning and marketing, I think. Um, and, I, and, I, and there's no way to rectify that now. Um, but I just wish, you know, I just wish things had gone down a bit differently. Yeah. Yeah, no, I can, I can totally understand that. And, you know, speaking of, of things that I wish had, had been a little different, um, I, I don't, I don't know how you felt watching the end of um, the, this first batch of episodes in the, the Walking Dead season 11, but I was thinking when Virgil showed up, you know, obviously we know that, that he was the last person to see Michonne and she had just received confirmation that Rick survived this, you know, survived the bridge because she had his boots and she had this cell phone that had the etching of, of, um, of her and, and Judith. Um, I was really hoping that we would get to see the, what happens when you know because up and up until this point as far as we as far as we know um judith hasn't revealed where michonne really went that her you know her father you know the brave man could possibly be alive mm -hmm. and then you know in, in the this the mid-season finale you know here's virgil and and clearly he's been in alexandria long enough for him to have kind of said who he is but we didn't get to see that moment. And that would have been really neat to see the other characters, you know, have the realization of like, oh my gosh, you know, Rick survived or, um, you know, Michonne is looking for Rick. Like it would have changed the trajectory of, of the story, I think. But I, I feel like it would have been such, it was a moment that I really had been looking forward to. And I felt, I, I felt like it was really a letdown not to have that moment in there. I think it's coming. I think uh, that's probably going to be part of the factoring into the, the Daryl and Carol spinoff is that they're going to go looking for Rick and Michonne too. I, I can't imagine what else might be in there. Like just, let's just go travel the world. I don't think that's, that's what they're going to do. I think it's going to be more of a mission. And what's the mission? Like what, like, I, I, I mean, I don't know. If I had to guess, that's the direction I think they might be going into, unless there's some sort of spoilers that I haven't heard and, and I'm totally way off base. Um, but I think that that moment will come. But I understand the frustration <laughs> that it hasn't come sooner. Yeah, no, it's just, it just feels like that was a, that was a, a, a moment in time, especially with, I mean, I guess it, it would make a lot more sense probably not to be in the middle of a 
devastating storm that, you know, is threatening. It's not the exact best time to have that conversation, but, um, but it would have been nice to, to have had. And, um, you know, and, and that's why I feel it, it's weird. And, and, um, to the listeners, Jill and I were kind of talking before we, we started recording and, and I feel like even though neither one of these characters have, have been on the show for a while now, I feel like they've been present. They've been more present than they have. I, I don't know. I feel their presence more now than I did, you know, maybe even, even in season parts of season 10 and, you know, certainly the, the, um, pandemic episodes, but I, I just really feel like they're, they're just like, they're, they're there, like we're close. And I don't know if it's because of world beyond, you know, and with Jadis showing up in world beyond, you know, she's, she's going to be showing up at some point. And, you know, there's all these, these really exciting kind of connections, but I just feel like we're, we're so close and so connected to having these characters potentially return. And it's, I don't know, it's agonizing because I just want it to happen like now. Yeah. It's, it's just it's it's a rough road man i don't really know how to like really verbalize it um they're they're really putting us through the paces here is, is what i can say <laughs> yeah they, it's it's so it is so true it is so true but it, let's you know because it's, it's it is so hard to uh to think about these things because i feel like it's just it's it's just a waiting game. And um, although I have to admit as someone who has opened Christmas presents three days early, um, mm-hmm. patience is not my strong suit, but I, I am, I am trying to be patient. So it's just, but it's just so hard. It's so, it's just, yeah, it's hard, but uh, let's, let's, let's pivot a little bit. Let's talk about, you know, you, you mentioned that, that the whole reason that you became enamored of the walking dead is andrew lincoln and his performance is rick grimes what are some of your your top moments when you when you think back to um you know all of the seasons and all of the things that you've seen rick do like what are what are some of your top rick moments um well the the first moment the moment that got me that like i was in it was when he in the pilot when he finally gets like he goes home and he's like curled up on the floor and like hitting himself, not sure if he's delusional or not. And he's like crying for his family. Uh, he snared me then. It's like, well, guess I got another, another, you know. And I hadn't been that invested in the show in that way. Like, and I'm talking <laughs> debates and fan fiction, reading and writing it and essays. Are like the, the amount of hours I've invested in the show is uh, you understand is insane. Um, had a whole baby after it, anyway. Uh, that would be the first scene. <laughs> and um, one of my most favorite Rick Rhyme scenes is, and this is the moment that I think that Michonne really, I would say, transitioned from in like to to a kind of love for Rick uh, is in A when he rips out old dude's throat one of the claimers oh, yeah. and he, he stabs that one claimer until his hand cramps up basically oh he goes to commercial break and he's still stabbing this guy uh, that scene 
especially now as a mom, um, it's a very visceral and kind of psychotic reaction to have. But given the situation and the way that he was just protecting his family, uh, I thought it was it was brilliant. It was totally savage, but like in a great way, um, which I'm fine with. Um, I just that's probably one of my, that sounds insane. That's one of my favorite moments of Rick's. No, but that I mean that, that it's such a, a powerful moment when you think about just you know being in that situation and being confronted with these people who wouldn't even bat an eye at doing the same thing to him, but he's doing it not out of selfishness, not out of self-preservation, but the preservation of his family. I mean, you're exactly right. I mean, that's, that's, that's who Rick Grimes is. That's what makes him so incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, I, uh... I just, I love him. I love Rick. He's one of my favorite characters ever. <laughs> I think that's for, it's funny that you mentioned that because I think about, you know, thinking about that episode and then the juxtaposition of Denai Guerrero's performance in Scars, which was just a masterclass on how to, <laughs> how to deliver scenes that were just so gut-wrenching and so powerful and you know she was doing the same thing i mean you know rj hadn't even come into the world yet and she was fighting you know she was fighting for her daughter she was fighting for judith she was fighting for the other kids you know trying to 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 do you know to to save the day and the, and yet she herself was pregnant and she's fighting these these you know someone that she used to care about and i mean i i think about the, the parallels that run between Rick and Michonne are just staggering when you think about them together and, you know, kind of, it's like they're on, it's like they're on two, they're on two ladders that intersect at some point, you know, it's like they were climbing up there, you know, doing their own, having their own lives and kind of in their own places. And then they, they intersect in that intersection where the, you know, the time that they spent together is just so incredible because they're so similar and they share the same values and, and they do that, you know, they, they're just so, they're so good together. And then, you know, separately, we don't know what Rick's doing, but I mean, I would imagine that it's the, it's, it's thinking of his family that keeps him going, you know, and keeps, makes, helps him make the decisions that he's making wherever he is and obviously Michonne had been you know kind of doing the same thing I mean she was you know trying to to keep his memory alive and and, but and and by doing by doing that she was you know protecting their family yeah it's 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 kind of hard to talk about one without the other especially talking about I think Michonne without talking about Rick um because so much of her evolution occurred after meeting uh Rick and Carl. Yeah. And a lot of people like to bring up Andrea. Um I think Andrea was a, a certain catalyst, but ultimately Rick and Carl gave her back the family that she lost. And obviously she, and she was able to give them back that in return as well, because Rick and 
and Carl were both, they were fractured, they were broken after Lori. And I remember in, um, oh, um, not here, it's not here. What was the first Morgan episode? Uh, and they and they go to get the gun. They go to get the oh, gun. Oh, clear. And clear. Thank you. Um, Michelle literally hands Carl back his family, and it was very. There were so many symbolic moments of her with them uh, when she hands him the picture. Mm-hmm. Um, the foreshadowing of them as a family unit. It was everywhere, which just made it so bizarre to me that other people. And the fandom couldn't see it like they like they it, it couldn't be more clear um if, if you unless you didn't have eyes i guess maybe um it, like just the, the the symbolism of of these people in their interactions and in the even the the dialogue like the first time we see rick smile in a while is joking with michonne right that's there um and even and even just like just in terms of you know a, a man being attracted to a woman, and this could have been a personal acting choice of Andy's. I don't know. Um, he checks him shown out a lot in, in those episodes. <laughs> like it's right there on the screen. Look at the trajectory of his eyes. It's pretty. It's pretty clear what he's looking at. Um, but anyway, she helped heal them. And even though she she gave a lot of pushback and was oblivious to a lot of it, like Rick had totally had a crush on her first. That is apparent. Oh yeah. And he just she he thought that she just wasn't into him. And she was hesitant to to all that, probably for a number of reasons, getting close to people again, letting them in in an emotional way. Like we see after the fall of the prison, she initially goes off alone to be isolated. And then she realizes, you know, that's crazy. And she goes and she finds them and like breaks down. Um, She had big emotional walls up and they helped systematically tear that down. And I just don't think that they would be, they would not be whole without each other. They just wouldn't. Because that healing would not have happened, right? Otherwise, no. He. It's so interesting because Michonne really was a lifeline to to both of them. But I'm, I'm, you know, in thinking about Carl, one of the things that you know he always had that that sense. I mean, that's how Sadiq came into the fold. Is that he had that he, he connected with people in a different way, and even. Um, you know, there, there was a moment where it looked like he could have gone, you know, he could, he could have gone in a variety of directions after losing his mom and, you know, and having to deal with his dad's struggles. And, and Michonne came along at a point where he needed her. And he, but what I think is more, you know, what I think is really interesting about the way that Carl viewed Michonne is it's very similar to when I, when I think of Judith and her kind of perception and her sense of people it's something that she shares with her brother because they they're very intuitive and they they both know good people and from the very start carl knew that michonne was someone that they could trust and that he and he wanted like it it was like he was just compelled 
to be around her in this way because you know his father was struggling and and he was struggling too and so she was there in a moment when he really needed that and you know come full circle it helped heal her as well i think you know part of that is michonne gave him the motherly stability and discipline that Lori just refused to i'm sorry i have to say this um michonne was kind of a you know cut the shit mom yeah uh like well i'm gonna go off and get this crib by myself are you crazy no i'm gonna go with you <laughs> little boy what's wrong with you where do you think you're going well, I'm going to go back in there because I really need this thing. Uh, no, you're going to wait outside. You know, it wasn't a, oh, so-and-so, can you keep an eye on Carl for me while I go la-di-da over there? I mean, <laughs> I, I'm just, that's, and that's probably not being 100% fair to Lori, but it, it's, tr- I mean, it's just two totally different parenting styles. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and I, feel, I feel, though, that Michonne, showed Carl the respect that he needed in that moment because it was early enough you know Carl like when you think about the age that Carl was in those moments he was about the same age that Judith is now yeah and you can't treat apocalypse children the way you would you know he a a 10 year old living through them I mean Carl hadn't experienced it as you know Judith only knows this so she, you know, Michonne, when you think about the way Michonne was, um, you know, the way she she interacted with her daughter and the way she was teaching her daughter was very much like she was an equal and they had this, this level of respect. And I think that Carl needed that in that, in that moment, because it, the truth was you, you're not a kid, like the, the apocalypse took away the childhood and Michonne knew that from losing her own children. Like you can't, you, know, you can't coddle you have to it has to be tough love because that's the world we live in now mm-hmm. yeah it's i'm trying not to be so mean towards Lori, but um she definitely had a, a stronger handle on things i think in terms of mothering while also at the same time being able to laugh and joke and be silly and you know bring him comics and things like that and it was a nice balance between mother and friend I yeah think. i Which agree is, completely. yeah because yeah, that's i mean that's something especially I, I think that's that's a really good way of looking at it because she, you know, as much as she knew she had, you know, apocalypse kids in that sense, like they can't they can't be coddled, but at the same time they're still kids, and she understood that that kind of balance, you know. It, I, I remember that I remember thinking of of the power in that moment when she realizes what Carl wanted to go back in and get, you know, that it was this photo. And all of a sudden, everything falls away. And you realize this is a kid who's only, you know, he he doesn't know. He's afraid he's going to lose his mom's, you know, the, 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 the image of his mom if he doesn't have this picture. You know, like, I mean, it's, it's such an innocent thing that to want a, the only picture that exists of his family. 
And, you know, again, you, you kind of flash forward to, um, to season 11 and, and, and thinking of Judith, you know, being upset when the kids uh, break the, the, the boards that have their handprints, you know, that that's the only physical connection she has to her brother now is, you know, those handprints. And so, you know, these things, I mean, she doesn't even have a photo. I mean, I, I guess technically somewhere there should be videos that Deanna had, but I, I, we haven't heard, we haven't heard about those, but like, I mean, the, she doesn't have anything to remember her family by, you know, so for that when Michonne saw that that's what Carl was, was after, you know, that's it, it, I think it hit her, you know, that this is, this is a little boy and he is suffering and he's tough and he's brave and he's, you know, sometimes does really dumb things, but he's, he's a kid and, you know, there is that balance. He can take care of himself, but he's still a kid. And that's, that's and he and Carl definitely tried to assert himself as a tiny little man, but um, Michonne still acknowledged the little boy, and I think uh, that's definitely what helped bring them closer as well. So that he he could still he could be a kid with her, despite you know trying not to be. Yeah, um, so it was okay to be to be soft and to be a kid to be a child no I think you're I think you're exactly right I think you're exactly right and that's I mean there's so many of those moments through the series and it's just you know taking time and thinking about them it's just it it's it's incredible how you know how powerful their their connection and their relationship was and it just it makes me hopeful that we see some of that you know that, that we get to see that again and and hopefully deny is in a place where she can come back and film with andy when he's when they're filming the movies or you know there's there's some things i, I feel like we have to see that one more time we need we need to see them together mm, yeah. it um oh boy i really hope the the movie starts with a flashback it would just knock my socks off <laughs> if it was starting with a flashback of him in alexandria a happy day oh yeah um, that's that's one of the things i regret i feel like i wish there was just an episode where like nothing happened it was just like spaghetti tuesday and or karaoke wednesday or whatever it was and it was just like a regular day that would have been pretty nice yeah (laughs) (laughs) and then you know of course it's going to be incredible to to see him find out that he has a son that he doesn't know about because the etching only had judith on it so imagine imagine that you know he knocked it out of the park that's true <laughs> it's so true and it, oh my god it's just it's uh that's that's the ending i mean and i think you know as we uh as we wrap up this conversation i think that you know looking at looking ahead to you know it's the final season of the walking dead and we anyone who's read the comics or even if you haven't read the comics because i haven't i've only read certain comics and and of course i read the last one because i i don't know just needed to read it but 
everything's up in the air right now. You know, the stories, the characters that that are supposed to be in these final, final stories, you know, the Commonwealth arc, most of them aren't around. And so the future is very uncertain in terms of, you know, what what happens and, and where these characters are. So that, you know, anything, the nice thing is, is that these characters, you know, with the exception of Carl, obviously, but um, the, anything could happen. They could be anywhere. And, and so the chance of a happy ending is still possible. It's just a matter of where it will be and when it will be, because it probably won't be on the show, but it'll probably be in the movies and who knows where they're going to be. But I mean, can you just, it, it's so, at least we have the possibility of seeing them again at some point. Oh, but I just wish I didn't know about it. I just, un until they had like a, a a set date, a release date, I wish I didn't know that. Like, it's been over 10 years since we've seen Detective Elliot Stabler. And then it was like, hey, he's getting a spinoff show over a decade later. Yay! <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't make us, <laughs> they didn't announce it seven years ago and then... Well, I guess we'll just be waiting. It's terrible. Like, don't show me a trailer three years before the movie comes out. Please. Please yeah. don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, I was just reading something about, um, I, I don't know if you've, if I haven't watched Dune yet, but obviously everybody's talking about Dune and, and uh, they just greenlit a second movie. And so they're already talking about how certain characters who were in the first movie, um, weren't really in the first movie very much. And, and so uh, the director's like, oh no, they were always gonna be in the second movie. And it's like, well, you didn't know you were gonna get a second movie until like today. Like like literally today is when they greenlit your movie. So what if that had never happened? Like what, it, like you had this opportunity, like it's it, so it, it is. I mean, I, I, I think that's the pandemic uh, recovery sense in my brain that just says like you know you don't know like tomorrow isn't guaranteed so you got to take advantage of things like maybe maybe we need you know it was great you announced that there were going to be these movies or this big universe but uh, it's just going to be it's going to be so hard and then you know then uh, you hear you know thinking about yeah I'm thinking and now I'm thinking about what you said about a flashback in Alexandria in the movie but then I'm thinking about well, where is Alexandria going to be because they're pretty much done with the set. I mean, like as soon as season 11's over, like Alexandria may not even be around much longer. So like someone needs to do something quickly. Well, I mean, they they don't need, I mean, all you need is a soundstage to recreate the interior. You know what I mean? Of the Grimes house. Oh yeah, that's It could very easily be done anywhere, any, any, any studio. And it can use old shots of the exterior. Um, if necessary and, and oh god bring Chandler back like when I say flashback give me a real flashback and and Rick is just thinking of like his happiest moment is with his son and his wife and and Judith and, and uh I don't know they're having dinner or something or playing a game or I don't know they're doing something happy and fun and then they're all laughing ah, ha, ha, ha. and then oh wait that's right I'm in hell yeah <laughs> it's so no, cool but yes i i can see exactly where you're going with that like very it could just be so simple like i've i've thought about i've thought about this for years now at this point it's been years and that's how long 
have thought about it and it could be so simply done um i just really hope it's a a, a character study because that's what rick grimes deserves oh that would make me so happy oh yeah yeah i i i agree completely and hopefully Hopefully we'll be we'll be able to chat again as soon as they make an announcement that gives us more information and then we can we can dissect that and, and be talking about the future without having all of these questions lingering because it's just right now it's anyone's guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been so much fun doing this this little walk down memory lane and and um we'll have to do it. Like, like I said, we'll have to do it again. We're going to, this is something it's, it's kind of the start of something that I've always wanted to do with the podcast. And so you, you're my very first kind of non-episode specific guest to just talk about, talk about the, the, the show and characters. And this has been great. Oh, nice. Yeah. I'm happy to do it. Um, just let me know whenever I'm around. And uh, before we go, tell people where they can find you, where they can find your work, uh, you know, social media, all of that. Where where can we find Jill Roby on on out in the universe? Oh, uh, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> Facebook, um, I'm at the Living Rashon. On Twitter, I am what am I on Twitter? At Jill Roby Fangirl. <laughs> on Twitter, uh, and I, I occasionally talk about fandom stuff there, but Facebook is better. I'm working on getting into screenwriting. I have management and my work is being put out into the universe. I'm getting a lot of great feedback back and uh, hopefully I'll have something official announce to announce in terms of my career soon. Awesome. Bye. Awesome, that is so exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. That is so cool. Well, Jill, we'll definitely have you back on and, and, um, and yeah, this is, this has been so much fun. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you for having me. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.